Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, April 14th, and we start with local news. The unplanned approval of a hefty budget amendment by the Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen totaling $14 million in additional budget costs for the 2022-23 fiscal year has raised concerns in government transparency and spending. During its April 3rd work session, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approved 8 to 1 of $14 million amendments to it to its 2022-2023 fiscal budget, representing an overage in the original approved budget this fiscal year. The extra funds were used from the city's general fund. Alderman Hazel Nieves, who was the sole dissenting vote, was quite vocal regarding the reasons why she voted against the amendment. One major concern was transparency from staff, particularly the lack of detailed information provided to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen about what the amendment entails and why it's needed, she explained. She expressed concerns over issues that have arisen over the last nine months since the previous budget's approval in 2022. It is very vague in assuming a glaring lack of information to substantiate and justify increases in the budget, Nieves said. Of all the amendments we've had over the last five years, this one has the least due diligence, in my opinion, she said. Nieves also stated that the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has not received up-to-date financial reports dating back to September of last year, meaning city staff has more or less been operating blindly during its budget cycle. The amendment included an additional $3.3 million in miscellaneous revenue that was added to the budget without the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approval prior to being sent to the state comptroller's office, Nieves claims. In other words, the budget that was submitted to the state was not the same budget the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approved, according to Alderman. The city's latest audit has also been delayed leading up to next fiscal budget, which will be up for approval in June. City Administrator Pam Kasky said, while city staff might not have done everything perfectly, she believes no decision made has been harmful to the city. The city is still on sound financial ground, Kasky said. We are still spending money in accordance with our purchasing policy, she said. Alderman John Canaperi also shared concerns about the increase in overall expenditures reported, especially when it amounts to $14 million from the general fund. He also admitted that he should have made a better effort to uncover the information the Board of Mayor and Aldermen had not received throughout the year, such as financial reports and building permit numbers. I'm embarrassed, publicly embarrassed, in putting my trust in an amendment that I thought made sense, and putting my trust in the financial staff and our city administrator, Canapari said. Kasky stressed that much of the increases are due to factors like inflation, increased construction costs, supply shortages, as well as city hiring new several new employees over the last year. Kasky added the budget is not operating negatively, and while the additional $14 million is reported, there is an additional $300,000 floating budget and that there has been more revenue calculated versus expenses. I'm not sitting here telling you that everything in this is perfect and that we didn't wish it were different, but we've gotten through the conversion, are on a better standing, and are moving on, Kasky said. We can beat people, we can beat on people all you want, but that isn't going to accomplish anything. If I need to do my flogging in the public square so everyone will recognize I own this, I'd be happy to, but the reality is we need to move forward, she said. Nieves responded, saying Kasky's comments substantiates what I've been saying all the while that we've been operating in the blind, she said. 
There's a lot of time where we are not able to see the details with what's going on in this budget, Nieve said. We have to have that information to make sound decisions, and here we are now facing up to $16 million over the budget that we approved. And in the meantime, we keep rolling down the road with these big spends that come in. Some of the big spends include approving construction on a $36 million Spring Hill Police Headquarters, as well as designs for a new Spring Hill Fire Station, which would include hiring 12 new firefighters with needs for equipment, vehicles, and other additional expenses. Nieves later cited a capital cash flow analysis recently sent to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen that stated that after such expensive approvals like the police headquarters, there would be no money available for additional capital expenses projected until 2026, thwarting the funding of major road projects and infrastructure, expanding City Hall, and relocating and or expanding the Spring Hill Public Library. We've got, in my opinion, trouble everywhere, Nieves said. Yesterday, Outman Landworks held their grand opening in Spring Hill. WKOM-WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the ribbon-cutting and spoke with business owner Troy Outman. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I am in Spring Hill. I am at the grand opening and ribbon-cutting for Outman Landwork. Uh, Troy Outman is the proprietor. Troy, good afternoon. Hi, thank you. Tell me what you do at Outman Landwork. Um, I am a landscape architect in that uh, landscape architecture as a collective between landscape design, engineering, ecology, architecture, education. Our goal is to enhance the, both the natural and the built landscape and the connectivity with human nature. Can you give me some examples of the type of projects you do? Absolutely. So on the residential side of things, we can work with a, with a resident on land planning, the positioning of their home, their driveway layout, the overall structure of it, as well as garden design, patios, uh, pool placements, waterfalls, outdoor kitchens, all of that. So on the residential side, everything from bare dirt to revitalizing an existing landscape. On the commercial side of things, we'll we'll be working with, you know, parking lot design, entrances, uh, maybe the entrance to a subdivision or something of that nature. Wow, fascinating. For more information, where do people go? To find me, I have a website, outmanlandworks.com, also on Facebook. And you can always call me, 931-451-0195. All right, give us that number one more time. 931-451-0195. Okay, again, Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Outman Landwork, and I'm speaking with Troy Outman. Congratulations. Thank you very much. A Murray County native and Tennessee Tech alumna has made teaching fellow musicians how to prevent injuries into not only a career, but also a vocation. Angela McQuiston, who grew up in Columbia and graduated from Tech in 2003 with a degree in flute performance, has many titles. Musician, musician fitness specialist, corrective exercise specialist, senior fitness specialist, cancer exercise specialist, author, and current member of the 313th Army Band in Huntsville, Alabama. She is also the founder and owner of Music Strong, a business that specializes in personal fitness for musicians. McQuiston recently returned to Tennessee Tech for the 2023 Flute Day, where she and other alumni, faculty, staff, and special guests gave presentations and workshops for students. 
While she is a performing musician, McQuiston's demonstration was about how musicians can prevent injuries before and while playing with special exercises. It's always a bit surreal, but also comforting, like coming home. I was there with a couple of other tech grads from my time there, and we were all commenting on the things that were the same, like the smell of Brian Fine Arts Building, Quiston said. The creak of the heavy wooden doors was gone, but so much the same. It was comforting and rewarding to be able to come back and give back and also inspire the next generation, she said. McQuiston has a varied and prolific past. She joined the military soon after 9-11 and had a 16-year tenure in the 129th Army Band in Nashville. She was the winner of the 2007 NFA Piccolo Masterclass and received a Master of Music in Flute Performance from Florida State University. She is also the assistant principal Piccolo of Sinfonia Gulf Coast of Destin, Nashville Philharmonic, Columbus Symphony, and Nashville Flute Choir. She recently completed both a residency with the Old Guard Fife and Drum Corps as a subject matter expert in preventing playing-related injuries for musicians and completed her four-year appointment as chair of the Performance Health Committee for the National Flute Association. She published her first book, The Musician's Essential Exercises, in 2019. She branched out into a series of instrument-specific workouts that are available for download on her website. She maintains several training locations in Nashville and travels across the nation to give her workshops and presentations. During the week, she provides corrective exercise, workouts, and individual training. Before choosing a college, McQuiston had been to the Tech Flute Day and Honor Band's performances and really connected with the faculty, she said. After touring another school, she quickly realized that coming to Tech was a no-brainer. Tech was close enough to her home in Columbia so she could return home if needed, yet far enough away so that she could have her independence. The faculty and expectations of the performance program were exactly what I needed. Plus, Nashville was only an hour away, and I knew several faculty members played in the studio, which is what I wanted to do, McQuiston said. It was that perfect blend of small town and high expectations I needed and we could afford, she said. In 2023, I'm sorry, the 2023 Flute Day was not McQuiston's only return to tech. She had returned in 2020 to the flute studio to talk about what it's like to be a military musician and how she joined. She came back in 2009 to do an alumni recital and give a presentation and master class to the flute studio. She also returned in 2013 to another recital with Professor John Wells on the organ, Angela Pistoli on the harp, and her on the flute. McQuiston recently announced on her Instagram page her plans. She plans to open an all-encompassing wellness center catering to musicians of all genres. I want to create a safe place for musicians, McQuiston said. The wellness center will offer features such as physical therapy, massage therapy and counseling, addiction support, a gym, flotation tanks, personal training, chiropractors, anti-gravity chairs, saunas, nutrition support, financial planning, and several more amenities, according to McQuiston. She seeks to bridge the gap between holistic and traditional medicine and envisions it being a one-stop shop where, instead of having to go all over town for the various services, musicians can fulfill all their needs under one roof. The goal is to have a network of providers passionate about helping musicians, be they hand surgeons, sports medicine experts, or general practitioners, as well as having people in-house, McQuiston said. Besides memberships to the space, we're going to offer concierge service, providing that perfect cocktail of medicine on demand for before-you-need-it prevention as well as when you need it, she said. McQuiston is currently in the planning stage of the venture, seeking investors, a location, and potential staff. As the project progresses and the wellness center opens, the amenities will be added in stages with input from the patrons as to their needs. 
There's not a center like this in Nashville that caters specifically to musicians, according to McQuiston. And while Nashville is known for its country music artists, it is also home to artists from various music genres. McQuiston's Wellness Center will be open to all music artists. For more information on McQuiston and Music Strong, visit www.musicstrong.com or follow her on Instagram at www.instagram.com forward slash musicstrongfitness. Agnes and Manuel Young remember what the Rosemont Cemetery in Columbia used to look like. It was all grown up, said Agnes. You couldn't even find the rose, she said. There was a time when Manuel would gather men from the Columbia community to come out and clean it up. They did that for years, said Agnes. They've taken a plot. Everybody comes. You come in that three-day window so it doesn't look so bad if you cut, and the other one doesn't cut, so it really worked, she said. African-Americans couldn't be buried in the cemetery that stands just a few feet away, so Rosemont is where they were laid to rest. Several soldiers are buried here, said Agnes. Several former slaves are buried here. History, stories, and those volunteers are what John Pointer remembers here as a kid. I would see volunteers working constantly in the hot sun, cutting grass, digging graves, he said. It just stayed in my mind that we've got to always preserve this property, he said. As a result, for the last several months, Pointer worked with the cemetery's committee and other leaders to organize a two-day cleanup. On Tuesday, city mayors, the Tennessee National Guard, historians, and the Vulcan Materials Company came out to fix the roads, clean up headstones and graves, and install a new flagpole and memorial to honor the names of those unknown. We're trying to make it a better place to come and respect the men and women who are laid to rest here, said Pointer. Volunteers are back out cleaning We're back out cleaning on Wednesday morning. Meanwhile, the Youngs hope those who visit will now be able to see and honor those who impacted this community. Here lies some of the people that are responsible for the things that we have today, said Agnes. Here lies some of the people that fought in wars for us. Here lies some of the enslaved people that that we're descendants of. I hope they realize this and how important it is, she said. The cemetery committee said they are hoping to make this cleanup an annual event for the community. Drinking water in Spring Hill became a hot topic of conversation last week following a social media post that garnered attention from both residents and city officials. Spring Hill Utilities Director Jessica Weaver said she and other water treatment employees were made aware of a situation where a resident complained of a chlorine-like smell coming from tap water to the point where a pet would not drink the water. The resident quoted a chlorine dioxide level above safe parameters based on a testing kit purchased online. Weaver said Spring Hill's drinking water would not leave the facility if unsafe to drink, adding that city water would not emit chlorine dioxide as a byproduct at all. You have to be careful with test kits purchased online because most of them are made for testing pool water, she said. We offer free water testing anytime to any resident. Weaver said the city offers the free test at any time, preferably not on weekends, but in an emergency the city would gladly send an employee out to test water if it were suspected of being unsafe. We work really hard to make sure our drinking water is at a high standard, she said. We've won awards for the best-tasting water recently, and we're proud of that, she said. Some of the potential causes for foul odors or poor taste are different pipes or aftermarket hardware. Sometimes aftermarket products can be an issue because there are some manufacturers that don't have to adhere to certain regulations or standards, which can erode over time, creating issues at the tap, she said. Once water leaves the treatment facility, it goes into the main line pipes, then to each service line. After it hits the meter, it's the responsibility of the owner, she said. 
Additionally, frequent cleaning of faucets and taps is important to water quality. One thing people really miss is the smell of water can affect the taste. If you've got a dirty faucet or white buildup, that can make it taste different, Weaver said. The city has its 2021 water quality report posted on its website, but has not yet posted the 2022 report. No violations were reported in the 2021 report. To request a free water test, you can contact the Utilities Department at Spring Hill at 931-486-2252. Columbia State Community College welcomes Bob Eubanks backstage with the Beatles to the Cherry Theater on April 20th as part of the First Farmers Performance Series. Bob Eubanks backstage with the Beatles offers a huge entertainment value for both Beatles fans and music lovers alike. The show consists of never-heard stories experienced by Bob Eubanks during the Beatles tour in America in the early 60s, rare video footage, still images, special effects, and merchandise to help embrace what it must have been like to experience the Beatles in concert. All of Bob's stories lead into a hit song that best represents the subject discussed and the time period of when the story took place. It will be fun to hear first-hand stories of the Beatles' arrival in America, and of course, to hear music performed live by a stellar tribute band, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. You are invited to join us for a great evening as we wrap up the 20th season of the performance series, she said. Individual tickets are on sale for $30 each plus tax for adults and $20 each plus tax for Columbia State students. To charge tickets by phone using a major credit card, you can call 931-540-2879 or purchase them in person in room 113 of the Prior Administration Building on the Columbia campus Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. On the night of the performance, the box office opens at 6 p.m. in the Kenneth and Ramona Cherry Theater located in the Wayman L. Hickman Building on the Columbia campus. Theater doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the show begins at 7 the Columbia campus is located at 1665 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance dash series. And now your hometown memorials sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. David Jonathan Bates, 60, former agriculture teacher for Columbia Central High School and an employee of King's Firearms, died Sunday, April 9th at his residence in Mount Pleasant. Funeral services for Mr. Bates will be conducted today, Friday, at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Pleasant Mount Cemetery. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, 
people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have rain showers early, followed by mostly cloudy conditions later today. The high will be around 70 degrees with winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mainly clear skies and a low of 52 degrees. For your weekend forecast, we will have partly cloudy skies on Saturday with a high of 82 degrees. Late night thunderstorms will roll in overnight and into Sunday when we'll see a mix of rain and sun. Sunday's high will be 64 degrees with winds kicking up to about 10 to 20 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. 
Texas. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Two legendary vocalists and one of Nashville's most prolific songwriters will take their place in the Country Music Hall of Fame later this year. Patty Loveless and Tanya Tucker and Bob McDill are the Hall's 2023 inductees, the Country Music Association announced. Loveless and Tucker were selected for the annual Modern Era Artist and Veteran Era Artist categories, respectively. McDill was selected in the Songwriter category, which rotates with recording, touring musician, and non-performer categories each year. Their induction will raise the total number of members to 152. Inductees are voted on by CMA's Hall of Fame panels of electors, an anonymous body chosen by the CMA Board of Directors. When Patty Loveless received her invitation into the Country Music Hall of Fame, her thoughts turned to the teenager who decorated windows inside Music Mart USA, a downtown Nashville record shop neighboring the Ryman Auditorium. A Kentucky native, Loveless spent summers in Nashville visiting her industry-savvy older brother, Roger Ramey. Inside Music Mart, she remembers dressing the displays with new releases from Marty Robbins and Merle Haggard, top country stars of the time, and regular performers inside the nearby home of the Grand Ole Opry. Like many in Music City, she hoped one day to be worthy of the record store display at Opry Performance, or Opry Performance. And like so many who chased Nashville's promise of neon-soaked success, Loveless's hit-making ambitions eventually became reality. 24 hours before being announced as a member of the 2023 induction class of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Tanya Tucker reflected on what she said was a miserably hot day in the summer of 1968 that ultimately defined the stubborn determination that she fostered her indomitable and undeniable five-decade-long career. Then, as a nine-year-old aspiring vocalist, she, alongside her then-16-year-old sister LaCosta, was on Music Row, standing in front of Hall of Fame and Music's classic location at the corner of 16th Avenue South and Division Street. Her father said to her, look down at all them stars right there because you'll never be down there. Her father was wrong. In his song Country Gone, which Alan Jackson took to the top of the charts in 1994, Bob McDill wrote about an enduring phenomenon in Nashville, the pop and rock music makers who came to town in an attempt to bluff their way through a career in country music. McDill's own story, in fact, shares some of those common threads. He enjoyed 31 number one hits over three decades. At one point, the joke on Music Row was that performing rights organization BMI stood for Bob McDill Incorporated. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Enjoy the springtime weather this weekend by getting out with friends and family for downtown shopping and browse some cool cars and more. What's considered one person's junk is another's treasure. Or maybe it's just a fun time to get out of the house and join the fun of Blue 32 Vintage Marketplace's Big Blue Pickin' Party. The Big Blue Pickin' Party returns from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday in Columbia, once again taking place in the parking lot located on the corner of East 7th and Woodland Street, commonly known as Motor Alley. For anyone who hasn't attended a Big Blue Pickin' Party before, this isn't your typical flea market. In addition to the many vendors posted up in the parking lot, the party will also include live music throughout the day, food trucks, and more. Another popular Columbia tradition returns this weekend for its 2023 season, and this one is for all of the classic car enthusiasts. That's right, Cruisin' the Co-op is back starting at 5 p.m. on Friday at the United Farm Co-op located at 975 Riverview Lane. The free event will be packed with classic cars, food trucks, music, and a lot of fun for all ages. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee. Today on WKOM, WKRM Radio, I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.